Hi friends and welcome to what is our Christmas experience here at Link Church. Hope you've had an amazing festive season, a chance to be refreshed and replenished with family and friends and beach and sun and food and good things. And I just want to introduce our Christmas service. The title is A Word That Changed Everything. And really that's the story of Christmas. Jesus came as a word from heaven. The Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I believe that word changed everything. So may I encourage you, open your hearts, be encouraged and inspired this Christmas. Lovely to see a full house. So many visitors from, I want to say Gauteng, but I believe you're from all over the country. I saw a Cape Town hand go up, a Stormers supporter. Look, if you had been living here for any longer than six months, you would be a shark by now. So that's how it works here. Um, I love the Christmas story. I love everything about it. I don't know if you believe in Santa, but we kind of do in my home. We, we kind of have this like Santa dream in our home. I don't know if, you, uh, if, you, if you're too old to, to, to believe that Santa still rides and slays. And, and, and so i got a couple of things to, to say about Christmas. What do you call a kid who doesn't believe in Santa? Just to warm you up if you weren't sure about what Christmas is going to be about. We're going to have some fun together. A rebel without a clause. Tap your name and say, he's just getting started. He's just, he's just warming up like the temperature, right? What nationality is Santa Claus? This is a goodie. I actually Googled this, and it's a true story. He's North Polish. I'm going to try this side over here. because. Uh, all right, last one, and then we're going to jump straight in. What's the difference between Santa's reindeer and a knight? The one slaying the dragon, the other one's dragging the sleigh. <laughs> hey, so listen. Bless you, sir. Double portion for you this Christmas for appreciating some humor. I want to tell you a little story before I jump into what God has to say to us, I believe, over this Christmas season. Uh, the other day we walked, in fact, Sunday, Sunday morning, yesterday morning, we were on our way to church. Church is a big deal for our family. We get up really early, and uh, at 6.30 we arrive here on the campus, and we eat a meal together with the staff and the worship team that are here at that time. It's a big part of our day, and so we get up early, and so there's this movement early on in our home, and yesterday, we got up nice and fresh, and my girls were getting ready, and we ran up to the car, and as we're coming to the car, I noticed a Christmas gift that was waiting for, you know, Christmas Day, hidden in my wife's car, and I figured, like, you have to go around her car to get to my car, so, 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 so I kept the kind of people, my people, my girls, I kept them to my right-hand side, and I kind of like said, you come this way, and I could see they were looking at me as if to say, like, what is up with you? And I just made sure that they didn't really see what was going on, so they couldn't see the gift in the car, and we turned them around, and they came across to my car. I said, Mackenzie, you jumping on the right-hand side at the back. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> and so she, she kind of like moves around to the right-hand side of the back, and, and while I'm making sure she climbs on that side, my youngest daughter opens up the front door, and there in the front door is her Christmas gift that I'd left there from the day before. And she goes, and I, I didn't notice it all happening. You know, I'm like, I'm trying to be dad of the year, but I'm just kind of normal at the end of the day, to be honest. And, and, and she looks and she goes, whose is that? And suddenly, as I'm opening the back door, I'm thinking, oh, no, Jesus, please blind her now. <laughs> I'll rub mud. I'll do whatever to change it. But, And uh, my oldest daughter, but listen to this, my oldest daughter, who's climbing in the back right-hand side, the one I was focused on, she goes, oh, that's just for one of daddy's friends. I'm like looking at her. She looks at me and gives me like a little wink. I'm like, yeah, it's for one of daddy's friends. 
She says, which one, Dad? And I'm telling you, like, without even thinking, Mackenzie said, oh, it's just one of his school friends. You won't know them. And with that, Anna just kept moving. She was like, oh, that's cool. I bet you they're going to love that gift. I mean, if I had to tell you what it was, it would be a dead giveaway that it was for a five-year-old child. But, I, but, but it was just the moment. Here's what I've learned. Words can change everything. Words can change everything. Like in a moment, it went from like a disaster. Like, you know, one of those like, oh, come on. This is just one gift, one surprise, just one thing. If you can just do one thing right this Christmas still. And then, I, and then it's like it's all falling apart. And in a moment, my oldest daughter, with words, friends, she didn't hide the gift. She didn't run away from the thing. She didn't move on her. With her words, she changed the situation. And just like that, Anna was expectant for a Father Christmas again. And, and I feel like that's the story of Christmas. One word changed everything. The title of my message, if you take notes, if you're visiting, and you want to write down something encouraging, write this down. The word that changed everything. That's the title of my message. The word that changed everything. Because I believe this is the Christmas story. In one moment, you see, there had been, I don't know if you know the Bible's story, but there had been some 400 years of silence between God lost, his last spoken word to his people and the coming of Christ. There'd been some silence. We've been doing a series called Breaking the Silence because that's the Christmas story. And, and in that space of silence, they were wondering, what next? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Who's going to come help us? What's the future hold for us? And then the word broke the silence, but this wasn't our words. It wasn't a cool thought. It was the word. I want to read it to you. John chapter 1, verse 14. For me, this is the signature of Christmas. John 1, 14 says, the word became flesh. Words change everything. The word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. I want to tell you this, Christmas friends, your words can change things in people's lives. The words you write on the cards you send, the words you speak over your children, the words you send via WhatsApps and Instagram stories and whatever else is, your words can change everything. And the beauty of this is that I know that the word, Jesus himself, changed everything. I don't know if you're new to the church story. I want to make today really easy for you because sometimes it can be walking into a Christmas service and not knowing what to expect and wondering if you're going to understand what kind of crazy people talk about in these spaces. I want to make it easy for you because I think the Christmas story is for everyone. I don't think it's for those who've been in church for 20 years. I don't think they get more out of it than if you've just arrived. I want to tell you God has something for each of us. And I want to tell you that it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. God still wants to bless you. He's, he's not put out by your story. In fact, he's ready for you to be a part of his. That's the story of Christmas. I want to talk about a word that changed everything. You see, at Christmas time, I didn't know this, but I recently discovered that there were seven words spoken by God around the story of Christmas. I didn't know that. I had to go and kind of check it out. But there were seven words spoken by God around the story of Christmas. Now, when we comment on things, we love to hear people's commentary, right, at the back end of a sports game. I wonder what they're going to say about that one, all right? I wonder what coach is going to say. I wonder what manager is going to say. I wonder what captain's going to say about that one. We're intrigued by words. Now, listen, if there'd ever been a moment in history where we want to lean in and hear what needs to be said, it's around this Christmas story. I wonder what God's going to say about this. I wonder how he's going to summarize or 
put into words the story of his son coming down to set people free, to change everything. I mean, Mackenzie changed the outcome for me as a dad. Jesus changed the outcome for us as humanity. There's something about the story. I wonder what God had to say. And so there's seven words that speak into seven big ideas. I'm going to speak about five tonight. Favor, salvation, blessing, guidance, joy, redemption, and peace is the story of Christmas. But I'm going to focus on just five, and I hope you're going to be richly encouraged as you leave here tonight before you go and open your Christmas gifts. I hope that God opens a gift in you tonight, which is grace. It's interesting of the seven things that were mentioned around the story of Christmas, seven words given. Uh, three were given to women and three were given to men and one was given to a group. I don't know if that's like strange information for you, but just a side, just like a little side note, I just love the Bible. It, it, God in Christ, there's no male or female, we're equal. And so the story of Christmas is not ranked on where you lie in society. The story of Christmas is a blessing to everyone who would hear it. And so I want to give you five ideas around the story of Christmas that I believe will bless you tonight. Things that God said, not me. First is this. At Christmas time, God speaks favor over your life. The Christmas story is of a heavenly father speaking favor over your life. Listen to this. Luke 1, 28 to 30 says, The angel went to Mary and said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. Tap your neighbor and say, That's you too. Some of you don't believe it. I hope that God will do something in you tonight. The Lord is with you. You see, when God is with us, favor is on us. We speak about the favor from God, do this for me. And then we speak about the favor of God, regardless of what you do, I have you with me. That's the Christmas story. It's not just a favor from God. Hey, would you open this? Would you change that? Would you bless this? It's that no matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter who I speak to, God, I'm favored because you are with me. The Lord is with you, he said. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. That word favor is from a Greek word, charis. The word charis is from the, the word grace. In fact, when you read the New Testament, it's written as charis or as favor only six times. It's written as grace 105 times. So what God wants to say at Christmas time is because of his grace, friends, you have some favor in your life. Man, I'm going into Christmas expectant of God's grace and favor. Sometimes I don't deserve it, but the story of Christmas reminds me that heaven made the first move, not me. Heaven makes the first move, and so grace is on my side. He says to Mary, you have found, Mary had done nothing, and yet she found favor. You know, there's a song, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not shout, I'm telling you why. Like it's ranking the rules, right? Santa Claus is coming. All right, you got it. <laughs> he knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Join me. He knows when you've been. Hey, you better watch <laughs> But what's the deal here? You guys are awesome, by the way. You should all open a, I don't know, something. And um, you should sing that. Because we keep telling our kids behave, but I think the song would do more work. But, but, here, but here's the deal. You, you better watch out. You better, he knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Some of them say for Christmas sake. I'm like, but that's not the story of Christmas. Because what happens? Even if they've been like, 
I don't want to use the word devil in church. Some people don't know me that well yet. And, uh, but you still give them gifts, don't you? They still unwrap presents. I mean, literally the day before, it's like their final chance. You have one more go, girl. Like if you just, if, if you were just one more, if you, if you, the next day, presents everywhere under the tree. You know who didn't get any presents? And you worked hard, sir. Man, you know you've tried to be good this year. But I want to tell you that the story of Christmas trumps our efforts of being good. That's the beauty of it. If you're new to church, I want to tell you, you don't have to come to church 52 times a year to get God on your side. You just have to welcome Jesus into your heart. It's that simple. Grace will flow. God is good. And so the first word of Christmas is the word favor. Um, I often tell people, you're one of God, God's favorites. And they're like, wow. I tell my kids all the time, you're my favorite, all of them. And they're like, we can't all be your favorite. I, I, I'm like, you can. You know what the word favor means? Or favorite means? The one on whom favor rests. So there can be a bunch of us. I have to be one or two. You're all God's favorites. And so I call my oldest, you're my oldest favorite child, my next. You're my next oldest favorite child. I know it's average parenting, but I'm just trying to help them. The salt falls on them too. Christmas, friends, is not about what you do for God. It's a story of what God did for you. His favor is on you. That's the first word. The second word I want to speak about is blessing. Blessing. God comes to Elizabeth. Mary, it tells us, walks into Elizabeth's home. And the baby in her womb leaps with joy. And listen to what she says. Luke 1, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? Genuine question. Why am I so favored? That the mother of the Lord would come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, she said, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed, listen to this, blessed is she who believes, or blessed is he who believes. Let me tell you, when you choose to trust Jesus as the source of your life, you walk into a life of blessing. I didn't say it's going to be easy, but you walk into a life of blessing. That's the story of Christmas. Blessed is she who believed. I am um, a little bit of trivia for those of you traveling from Gauteng. I believe you'll enjoy this. Um, one of the words I learned this year for bless is barak. I know, just whoo, so exciting. But the word barak is for God's hand to be extended toward us. That's what it means. Hebrew language, very pictorial. And so it's God's hand to be extended toward us. You're going to see where this is going in just a moment. The word for blessing, that's bless. The word for blessing is baraka. Similar, just a little bit different at the back end. Barakah is God's hand extended toward us in grace. So when the angel speaks through Elizabeth or Elizabeth's voice speaks toward Mary, she says, blessed are you who believed. You live in blessing. Here's what she's saying. God's hand from heaven has been extended toward you in grace. In other words, God has made a move toward his children. You know, at night when I pray for my children, Sometimes I have no words. That's the truth. I pray every single night. Sometimes it's just like, bless them, Jesus. 
But every single time, I'll extend my hand and I'll cuff it on their head because there is something about an extended hand towards someone. If I came to you now and I put my hand on your shoulder, or if your husband put his hand on your leg, or if your wife put her hand, whatever it looks like, I can tell you right now, there is something about an embrace. Heaven embraced us over Christmas. That's the blessing of God. And I don't know what this year has been like for you, because not for all of us has been the best ending. I believe some of us may even have a painful time at Christmas. But I want to tell you, heaven's hand extends through your pain towards you and finds you, and you are blessed. You are blessed. We are favored. We are blessed. Tap your neighbor and say, bless you. Just keeping you humble, church. At the back end of the service, I will read out the priestly blessing of your lives, which is the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious toward you, turn his face toward you and give you peace. There's blessing at Christmas. The third word I have for the story of Christmas, I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you come back if you're in this area and you live here, come visit us at church. We've got a great start to next year planned for you. The third word of Christmas is salvation, salvation. Luke 2.11 says this, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is, He is the Messiah of the Messiah or the Lord. The Messiah is the one who saves. Jesus' name is Yeshua. It actually speaks of a God who saves. I never want to forget. You see, at Christmas, God spoke some words, and what He said changed everything. And He said favor, and He said blessing, and He said salvation over His people. I don't want to forget that at Christmas time, whether I get everything God has had to say, whether I understand all the stories, whether I can quote five scriptures, I don't want to miss the fact that God came to set me free. He came to set me free. He came to set you free. He came to set you free of your sin. He came to set you free of yourself. He came to set you free. Jesus' name means the God who saves. And so he lights up our hearts with love and grace over Christmas. I pray that before you leave here tonight, you would know that God's intentions toward you are to set you free. The name wasn't given to him by accident. It had everything to do with what he would achieve for us, and that was to set us free. You know, you know um, I want to help some guys who, who perhaps feel like, man, this church thing, something's happening in me, and I feel God is wanting me to engage more of Him, but it's, 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 it's big. It's a big step. I, I want to I help you, and just in your own time at home, just thank Jesus that He's with you, and thank Jesus that He wants to save you. And as you start to do that, I promise you what happens inside you will be far more important than what's going on around you. And when you do come to church and when you do listen to the words, something will light up because Jesus is at the center. Salvation is in his name. I love Jesus. I mean, I love Christmas. I love presents. I love the church. I love, I love beautiful opening dance scenes. I love a worship team that knows how to lead us. But I love Jesus more than anything because he saves. He's the only name that sets us free. The fourth thing I read about the Christmas story, I don't want to lose these things, because what God had to say around Christmas matters. The fourth thing God had to say around Christmas is joy. Oh, yes, good joy. Joy. Luke 2 verse 10 says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Good news is always accompanied with that will cause great joy. Friends, good news is always accompanied with great joy. Now, I've come to realize that as people who believe in Jesus or as His church or as God's sons and daughters, we're the only ones on the planet that are able to live with both pain and joy simultaneously. (laughs) We're the only ones who are able to experience deep pain but overwhelming joy. 
because that's the story of Christmas. It doesn't negate the pain. It just produces overwhelming joy. It doesn't change the loved ones that you've lost at this time of the year. I got a message from a dear friend two days ago to say this has been the hardest start to my Christmas. I've just lost my father. I thought, how do you, how do you, where do you go with this? I said, good news, my friend. Feel the pain, but know there's joy. And I want to tell you that the story of Christmas produces great joy in our lives. That's why good news always produces great joy. As a preacher, I think I would have done my job if when you leave the house, if nothing else, you have joy in your heart. Because good news always produces great joy. And, and I would go on to encourage you to say, maybe you've watched others walk around and be like, this God thing is a hard thing. It's the toughest. It's the, it's the, no, that's not the God thing. They missed something along the way. I'm not sure if they got the same memo I read about just now. But good news always produces great joy. Good tidings of great joy, it says. Uh, at our staff party, um, we took a moment this year to give gifts to our children. And normally we would have like a funny awards ceremony and whatever it is. And this year we decided to change it up a bit. And we gave gifts to our children, very specific gifts to our children. And as each gift was given to the child and our team was standing around, what the parents would do is then speak into the gifts that are in that child. Not the one that they were holding, but the one that is inside them. And it was the most powerful thing. And I've realized like sometimes at Christmas time, it can be like, I don't know if you've ever had those times when you arrive and the tree's like kind of empty. Or, or maybe your heart's empty. Or maybe the bank account is empty. Or I could go on. And sometimes we get to that moment where we're like, I just don't know if I can celebrate Christmas this year. As if it has anything to do with what's in the bank account or under the tree, it's what's inside of us because of the gift of grace that was given to us. Joy isn't around us. Joy is inside of us. And the story of Christmas is one of Jesus coming to live inside of us. If you haven't invited Jesus into your heart, I encourage you, I charge you, I challenge you, invite him in this Christmas and watch joy be the signature of your home. We don't celebrate the gifts that are under the tree. We celebrate the gifts that are in us because of the one who hung on the tree. It's the power of Christmas. Worship team, you can come and join me again. The fifth word of Christmas, what we got? We got favor. We got blessing. We got salvation. We got joy. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm excited. I'm excited. And we got peace. We got peace. Not mince pieces of mince pies, peace that Santa's going to leave behind you. So, someone I bumped into my kids' children, uh, my friend's kids yesterday, and, and uh, my kids' children. Thank God that's not real just yet. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But I bumped into my friend's children yesterday, and I said, are you excited for Christmas? Said, Santa's already been. There's presents under the tree. I was like, did you give him the mince pies too early? Did you woo him into your house? Did you give him a castle light? Is that what happened? And the kid's like, huh? What are you talking about? And I'm just thinking, all right. Anyway. Luke 2, verse 13 and 14 says this. Suddenly a great, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. I believe that's the anthem of Christmas, glory to God in our highest. Not glory to man, not glory to what I did this year, not glory to what I achieved. No, no, glory to God in the highest. And then listen to what happens. Glory to God in the highest in heaven 
and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We've established that we are favored. Now we can be sure that we live with peace. And on earth peace. Some people say, you know, it's going to be interesting. One day, at least when we leave earth, we'll be filled with joy and peace and all those good things. But I read about it now. I read about a Savior that came down to us now. He came and made his home with us now. He brought peace in my life now. Peace, joy, salvation, favor, blessing. These are the words of Christmas. This is what should echo over your home as you go home tonight, as you get the eggnog ready. Said no one ever in South Africa. (laughs) Exactly. Peace. You know, I read the description for the word peace. Listen to this. This is so powerful. It's to set at one again. Think about that. Our lives become so fragmented. I'm like, I'm not sure if I did okay here. I don't know if they like me here. I'm not sure if I'm winning here. I don't even know if I should go back into the business. I don't know if my kids are gonna come. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But peace came and peace sets us back at one. But I know who I am and I know where I'm going because of the peace that rests inside of me. Christmas is a story of peace, friends. The shepherds were watching their flocks at night and an angel came and declared peace over their lives and they literally in one moment turned and walked to worship him. You see, peace leads us to praise him. Panic leads us to fight for what we need to do, but peace leads us to praise him for what he's already done. I believe in a world where so much is happening around us, let us remind ourselves that Jesus came. Jesus came. Not the gifts, not the family. Bless the families. Bless Uncle Barry that made it for the 10th time in a row and adds no value to the Christmas lunch. Only joking. Bless all those things, but peace because of Jesus. In a world where so much is happening, let us remind us, Jesus came to set us at one again. And the interesting thing I love about this word of peace is that it comes in the context of community. It came to the shepherds. Every other word God spoke was to an individual. When it came to peace, it was in community, friends. What you have when you are together is a promise of peace. What you have when you meet in homes is a promise of peace. What you have when you share the gammon around the table is a promise of peace. What you have when you watch your children opening gifts is a promise of peace. What you have when you sit here today, whether you come to church or not, you snuck in because this is the only time it ever happens, you, my friend, have a promise of peace because of the story of Christmas, not because of me or this team or this amazing church because of a savior that came your way at Christmas we got favor blessing salvation joy peace we got favor blessing salvation joy peace we got favor on your life blessing in your life salvation for your life joy in your life and peace in your life this is a good story stand with me this evening